Hello, welcome to Swimming with Sharks, the podcast from Sail Sharks. I'm Mark Chapman, and on this podcast, we talk to people connected with Sail as well as some of the biggest names in other sporting organisations in the north. Later on, as always on the pod, we'll meet another member of the Sharks first team squad. But in this episode, we're going to talk about professional sport and how you leave it when it comes to retiring. When the dream is over, how do you transition back into uh, the normal world of work? My guests today are Will Cliff, Sail Sharks, uh, scrum half retiring this summer after 16 years in the game, 14 of which have been spent here at Sail. And also Christian Day, former Sail forward and now General Secretary of the Rugby Players Association. Was it a difficult decision? Welcome, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Well, retirement. Yeah, 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 not appearing on yeah, this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that one was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think it was a difficult decision. I, I feel like you get to a point where you probably know it's the right time. Um, yeah, and uh, and you know, I think it was a pretty straightforward decision for me and the club. That I was going to say, a lot of sports people say they know that morning when they get out of bed that it's the time to call it a day was it as clear as that or was it something that built up uh i think so yeah i think it, it built it did build up over time um obviously you know when you're not playing week in week out and your body's still aching then you start <laughs> to think oh maybe you know um and then yeah you you know you you're getting older and you're not you know, we, we train to play on the weekend and when you're not involved as much it becomes more and more clear so yeah I was at that point where I was ready to say um, you know there's hopefully there's an exciting future out there and let's embrace it and see see what I can achieve How was it for you? I think uh, I think Cliffy like, makes a good point in terms of like a player's value to the club changes over time and bring different things like so as you get slower and older and creak a bit more you bring other things you bring leadership and stability and you know how the club works um, and I think as I got to mine, I, was, I did 17 years and in my last pre-season I had a distinct moment of boiling hot day on the start line for some horrible drill we were doing and Lewis Ludlund, who at the time was 18, was next to me, frothing at the mouth, <laughs> ready to go. And I literally glanced at him and was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And, and I, I, I just, I made my decision pretty much then. Uh, and that was in kind of July, August. And that isn't to say I didn't give it everything for the season, but I knew there were younger people ready to take the mantle and look at him now as a leader at Saints um, but yeah I think Cliffy said you, you know you know there comes a moment where you just know and it might be a variety of things what that moment is but but I just think sooner or later you say it's time is, is, there a tem- is there a temptation to keep going but somewhere else lower down and maybe the options aren't quite as plentiful as they would be say in, in football if, we, if we're talking about that but is there, is there that temptation or do you want to go out at the top I think for me it's um, like it, in my head I, like, I look I love the thought of absolutely maybe I go back to my old club and I play with some old mates yeah. and, and have a great time because some of them are still playing but um, I mean spoke to people who've done it and the frustrations of dropping down the level and look I'll say how much I miss it in a few months but the way my body feels and, and injuries I've had in the past I think it's uh, you know I'm happy I'm happy to finish here and call it a day here. And I think again it depends on how you get booted out of the game to an extent. Like I, I'd done my time and and um, and I was done. You know, I didn't want to do anything else. Now, if if, if your professional club, if the if your big club is saying, look, you're just not getting picked anymore, and it's time to move on, I think it's more realistic. You might say I want to go and play some more. But but for me, physically, I was done. 
and then that was it, and it was time to, uh, time to do something else. Do, do you look at, both of you, I mean, I, I do as well, and I didn't play professional sport, but I look at someone like Jimmy Anderson, the England cricketer, still going at 40, and think, and then when I talk to Jimmy as well, it's like, hang on, you, you actually get out of bed and want to go into the nets and practice. I mean, that's, that's one of the main things. It's all right turning up and playing the test match and, and all of that, but it's all the work that goes into it. To keep going as a professional sportsman or woman into your 40s is a phenomenal achievement. And he's special, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's one in a, in a billion. But um, again, I would say look at how he probably has changed, how he trains, how he's managed. I bet he used to bowl endlessly. He probably now goes to the nets with a real focus. I'm going to do 20, 20 balls of high intensity, yeah. whatever the number is. That's it. I'm done because I'm going to manage myself because on the weekend he still does it doesn't he and ridiculous he had ridiculous figures didn't he recently um, and that's being a professional I think because you do give a lot I think mentally some people cope with it better than others and I think he looks like that uber professional who just wants to compete um, but it can be done and, and I think big sports names are getting older and older aren't they? like Brady turned 40 in the NFL uh, golf I think is becoming more and more late maturation so I, I do think it can be done but I think your, your body gives you some answers as well. When did you start thinking about retiring from, from professional rugby, i.e. how long were you planning what your life was going to be like afterwards? So I think I think seriously the last two years probably. I was, you know, I probably could have maybe stopped at the end of last year. Uh, but I felt like a bit more in the tank. Um, but I'm a, I'm a laid-back character and I've, there's not too much that I worry about. But one thing that's always kind of played in my mind a little bit was, you know, retirement from rugby and what am I going to do after after rugby so in terms of pr preparing for it I think for, from mid-20s you know I've always wanted to do something I've always I've had quite good guidance of, of people and, uh, and support and you know like Christian who, who's been there and done it I spoke to him a bit and through the RPA and whatever else but I was always very much I didn't just do rugby so I'd do my degree alongside it and I'd finish that and I'd start something else so did a did a finance exam and then um, launched my own business and just if I was sat there at the time that I was worried or not comfortable was when I was just doing rugby and, and that's it's hard to get the balance right and it, you know you're not detracting away from away from what you're doing and what your main focus is uh, but for me it was always you know do something and build build more around just just the rugby we, we, within the environment here were you encouraged to do something other than rugby, because I always find this really interesting in, in professional sport. Oh well, they're you know they've got a fashion label, or they're doing this, and oh that's going to distract from from their sport. Whereas I would argue the other way: the more interest you have, the more well-rounded you are. Probably the better athlete you're going to be. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I, I actually found I started playing better when I was most busy. I just had kids, and I had all sorts going on. I was doing house projects and this and that, and I was playing some great rugby. So. I don't think it does detract from it. Um, I think you can get to a point where maybe there is too much and you have to rein it in a bit. But um, in terms of encouragement from the club, yeah, certainly the last few years, um, obviously, you know, since Cy and Jen have been involved in Michelle and, and, and since coming as CEO, they've, um, they've certainly had the, the best interest of the player at heart to go out there and, and build your network and make connections and do things for yourself. So it's very much about improving the person at sale at the minute as well as as well as the player and, and what you're doing on the field. And that's probably the key to it, isn't it? Start start thinking about life after rugby when you're twenty, maybe. 
I've just learned all sorts about Cliff here. <laughs> I still see him as this 18-year-old academy player who I think we started out way back. Um, I think it's becoming more and more important to clubs to offer something more than you are a rugby player or a golfer or a cricketer or whatever it is. In two ways. One, treat people as human beings and realise this isn't forever. And, I, and there is research that shows that not being solely focused on rugby performance is a good thing. Mm. Different players need different things in that regard, and, and you know, education is not for everyone. Um, Carpentry is not for everyone. Vocational is not for everyone. You've got to let the player make some choice. But I think it's becoming more and more acceptable that players shouldn't focus non-stop on the weekend, and it can be a good thing. Um, and yeah, I think I, I think as well from the club's point of view, the more you make your environment look attractive and something you want to be part of, the more you'll attract players to come and play. So. I'm on the Sharks podcast so I'm going to speak well of it but Alex clearly has a view that players are more than just players and they're human beings and we've got to look after them mentally and physically and everything else and, and players will see that around the league and they'll say I want to be part of that environment so it's it, it works both ways from from the RPA's point of view what what do you put in place for players how do you help players and that, that holistic kind of point of view is that something you've worked with players from a young age yeah we do and and this is where you come into this this element of choice there are some things that are mandated so education topics which which could harm the game so things like uh, performance enhancing drugs or illicit drugs or gambling you know you have to do that what what we then do is a, a, a development manager is embedded at every club uh, so it's Hamish Small at this club he's a great guy some character um, <laughs> and the option is there. You know, he's here to help. He's not here to, to push the club's agenda, but at the same time he wants to fit in with the club's ethos and, and facilitate. Um, but he's there for the players to, to direct them towards whatever it is they have an interest in. And he might do group things. He might say, right, level two coaching, do you want to join in? And he might get 10 of the players. But then every player's an individual and how do we help that player go the direction they want to go? And that's available to everyone. Um, and I, I think it's a great thing. It's a great thing to have. Is, it, is there often an assumption that when you finish playing, you go into coaching? Um, I think I think certainly some boys have that interest, so so they want to do it. Um, outside the game, maybe there's that assumption, uh, but in the dressing rooms, I think they'd be. You'll you'll find as many boys who have that passion about coaching as actually don't and just want a complete change from the environment and away from the routine and schedule that professional sport brings um, and to just try something different and experience what, what else there is out there which I'm not sure what there is out there so <laughs> maybe, maybe I would imagine the, the coaching pathway is quite a hard and competitive one within rugby again because of the smaller number of opportunities yeah very com- if you want to go straight into a premiership club very very competitive um, I think again players are starting to realise they can't just finish their career and, and just drop into something. So if you want to go the coaching pathway, you need to do level two. You need to be doing level three and coaching locally. You need to look at upskilling yourself so that you can do the analysis. You can, you know, it's not just, I think clubs are smart now. They don't do like, he, he was big name. He's going to go and be yeah. our coach now. It doesn't work that way. And, and uh, Saints and environment I know, you know, James Craig there is now borderline forwards coach he wasn't a big name but he was a superb coach and he went out locally coached local teams went through their academy system and is now coaching the first team that's that's a player whose passion was the coach not just someone who was like the easy route which I think it used to be a little bit of that 
Um, but players have interest in all directions. God, I mean, I, I see. I think there's something like forty percent of players are in education, which which is, I think is astounding. Um, but then you see the player who wants to be a butcher or a carpenter or a bricklayer, and and they go and do little, little experiences, and who knows, it might be for you, or an afternoon doing it might just say no, it's not, and go and do something else. Um, and I guess that helps helps with that unknown element because you don't want to jump two footed post career into a new career that that just isn't for you, and then you've got to start again. So it's uh, it's helpful in that regard. It is. I was going to say, is this kind of like a purple patch for preparing players for, for retirement? But everything, we know so much more about mental health. We know so much more about the ups, ups and downs of, of mental health. Have you seen players who maybe retired 15 years, a decade ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? That's, that's where the struggles are because the support system wasn't in place then. There's certainly a lot more in place now, particularly mentally. Um... In terms of that that player group, I, I don't think the sport was as professional. Then. Mm. I think I think again there were there weren't sixteen year old kids. I think then who were already preparing to be a professional rugby player. I, I walked into the Sale Sharks gym at eighteen and I'd never lifted a weight in my life. Now fifteen years old, they're going through preparations to be a rugby player. Um, so I think that's changed a lot. I also think that 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 era. The, the, the jobs for the boys still existed and oh, you, you'll go straight into a finance company or whatever. I don't think that exists as much anymore again. I think, I think sports people are very attractive to, to employers because of all the values they bring and the way they work. Um, but I do think that it's not that simple route anymore and a lot more questions are asked. So the more, the more support's available, the more prepared you can be, but also the more attractive you can be to, to, to get yourself employed in, in whatever it is you want to do. That, that, I mean, that's a good point, isn't it? And maybe you found it in some of the work that, that you're doing and preparing yourself after you retire. Yeah, sports people are, can be very attractive to businesses because of what they learn in their 15, 20 years in professional sport. There are a lot of similarities. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know I found that, I mean, I guess one of the biggest things is, People will afford you a bit more time and actually have that conversation with you at quite a high level as well. Yeah. Which you obviously, on match days, like there's a room full of, of guys there. If, if you make the effort to go and talk to them, um, they're open to conversation and, and you can build that network. But yeah, there's, there's so many crossovers and um, it's really difficult to know what you want to do. Um, even now, I say I've, I've tried to prepare as best I can. Do I like 100% know what I want to do? Is what I'm going into? Have I got that passion and that purpose? I guess that rugby gives you. I think so. And I'm excited to explore it and see, but I guess until I've tried to prepare as best I can and do do stuff along the way and experience different things like like Christian touched on there. Um, but until until you're in it, you don't really know. And I've had loads of mates who could have been, you know, a, a great people and have, and have got a lot to offer, and they've really struggled with retirement, even in the last sort of three or four years. Um, and it's taken them a few years to find their feet. So I think all you can do is. Um, prepare as best you can for it. Is it as simple as saying it's it's the buzz? There's two sides to this. One, one side is very mundane, which is what Cliffy's touched on at the end, which is, where's my schedule? Which tells me where I'm supposed to be yeah. every hour of the day, and what, why isn't my breakfast made for me anymore and my lunch? Like it, It's very mundane, but everyone thinks it's the big games. And God, I, I do miss big games, but I don't miss the way I feel the day after. But I do miss that regularity and that, that support. You know, every, you know, my leg doesn't feel right, I'll go to the physio. Uh, don't quite know what to eat, I'll go to my nutritionist. You don't have that when you stop. So that's the mundane. 
The and and that, that, that can sound ridiculous, can't it? But if, if that's been your life for, for yeah. 15 years, then, then yeah. it's understandable you don't know where to go. And another bit is, is physical activity. You know, you used to be paid. I, I used to stretch twice a day, three times a day. I don't stretch ever anymore. <laughs> I should, but I don't. Um, and that's something we're trying to build, actually. With you know, We need to do better for pass players, I'm going to say it. Um, and we're trying to build this pass player network, which is a social network, but as well, free gym access and things like that. Because when you finish, you just stop. And, and for a period, that's good. But then you should do something, and I'm, I'm terrible, I'm going to say it. Um, but then at the other, the other end is expectations. So, you know, as a, as a good first-team player, players here are going to earn 75k plus. A lot of guys get to the end of the career. What do you want to do now? Something easy where I earn 75k. And you go, those jobs don't exist. No. Like, you know, 75k is management level or above. Um, you know, it, you need to have that reality of, of what you can earn. And one of the worst things I do see is players will take a job because the pay is right, but they hate it. And it's often a very tough job or a lot of time away from family that they normally have. And, and you, you take a job for the wrong reasons. Um, and that again, very tough to adjust to. My first question is that was on the mental side, but given the, how good physical exercise can make you feel and all the endorphins that that releases, if you then stop doing that, particularly when you've done it to the level that you've done it over the years, you will be struggling. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we, we don't think about it, do we? We come in and we're told to get in the gym and do do whatever, and, and then you walk around half the time with a brewing around and then do it. But. Um, <laughs> the same on the training pitches, that's your life isn't it, so I mean, you'll, you'll know more where that stops. I think they're absolutely linked, I, I do think, I've been through periods of, I got into cycling for a bit, and I, and I really enjoyed it, did it by myself and it gave me real mental space, and then I had a really bad crash in lockdown, and for whatever reason since I have not gone on a bike. Um, I love golf, but I just can't find the time to play oh, golf no. the way I'd like to. Um, I used to get paid. I used to go to the club and that was my job and, and I'd stretch and I'd run and I'd enjoy little games with the lads and and, and that that bit gets taken away. But is it isn't it interesting that the, the things that you've tried are I mean got I mean I know golf you play with other people but they are individual pursuits. And actually one of the things that you you really struggle with, I'm guessing, as you get older and retire is 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 the team stuff actually because it's just not unless you play you know walking football or you know <laughs> the team stuff isn't there and that all the stuff that comes with team sport is so and this at an amateur level as well is so important. I'm a recluse, so I'm. <laughs> 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 um, no, what one thing I have done actually is is uh, my daughter's football team. I've got involved with that coaching and I love it because. All the things that the dads think are dead serious. Oh, shout at them, tell them yeah. off. Get no, yeah. go on, tell them to have fun, like getting playing silly games, and and I've I've really really enjoyed that actually, and that's given me a little bit of the team environment back that I've been missing, and and with that came a golf, a Sunday golf league as well. So that was that's probably the best thing I've done actually, um, and yeah, it's silly little thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Are you looking forward to all of that? Uh, you know what? That's one element I was going to say. Then I think I think I will really miss that. You know, the team environment. Um, I'm not so much a recluse. I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I very much enjoy being around the lads, and um, I will miss that. But you know, I, I guess it's something I'll have to. I'll, I'll have to. I know it's. I know I'm going to miss that. So I'll, you know, I'll obviously put some focus towards that. So it sounds just like an excuse. <laughs> you know, I, I get 
know, an element of that from um, the social rugby coaching that I do. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm still exploring ways that I can not completely lose out on that element because I think that will be important. Um, we're talking about when when people stop playing, and we tended to focus a little bit on retirement there at a certain age. This is a this is a difficult financial period for the sport, and actually for a lot of sports. So there will be some people who, through no fault of their own, may end up stopping playing as as teams disappear. And that's even more of a shock than getting to 34, 35, 36 and retire. Yeah, we're, we're lucky ones. We've, we've played a long career. I had a testimonial at the end, 10 years, and you get clapped at everyone cheers, and, and some players just, just get told one day, you know, no longer sorry. There's no fanfare, there's no uh, big celebration, and, and, and it, that must hurt so much. In, in the same way, a player gets their career ended by injury. You know, it must hurt yeah. so much just to one day, bang, you're not playing anymore. Um, and that, that, that really is, I think that's where the mental health issues really come in, as a sudden spike. Um, and we've got to protect those people. And, and funnily enough, when I touched on you know, some, some of my friends and, and lads I know who have struggled more, it's tended to be those guys who have sort of late 20s or a little bit earlier, who have, for whatever reason, have been forced to stop, whether it's an injury or bad timing or a contract hasn't come up. Um, it's those guys that do, do tend to struggle more, I agree. Yeah. So what are you most looking forward to then about stopping playing and what, what do you worry about most? <laughs> you know what's quite a sad one that actually I, I thought of uh, on the way in was um, bank holidays because it's quite a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> and there were a few people I spoke to this week like, oh sorry, you know, it's, you know, it's a four day week, it's a four day week. I think I'm like, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, bank holiday Mondays are actually a thing apparently. So. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. And if you take Thursday off and Tuesday off, you get a whole week off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, you'll have to learn about how to put in for leave and all of that, yeah, which is yeah, stuff that, you know. Booking time up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, a bit of some of that'll be interesting. I said I'm looking forward to it, and I'll probably, you know. <laughs> Ask me in 12 months time. Two bank holidays have got that. Yeah, can't do with bank holidays anymore. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, that control over your time is a big like, it, it, It's nice to be given your schedule, and, and but it's nice not to miss people's weddings and birthdays. Yeah. And you know, I've missed countless of my friends. Big occasions. You don't miss any of those anymore. Um, well, you do because you're a recluse. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to. I'm not, I'm not. Um, I tell you, the thing for me, I, when I played, I never watched rugby because it was my job. So I, I would analyse, I was nose, I'd analyse stuff for hours, but I never just watched it to enjoy it, whereas I now actually watch rugby and enjoy it, which I never used to. That's, that's nice for me. It's nice to, to just enjoy watching a game. It becomes a sport again, doesn't it, rather that's than it. a job. That's exactly it. it just, to, just to enjoy it. For whoever wins, I, my position, I'm not really allowed to cheer for either team. So it's, um, it's just nice to watch and, and enjoy watching what, what I think on the pitch is a really good product. So bank holidays and, and, and sort of the normal life, what is is there anything that worries you, concerns you? Uh, I, I'd say I'm quite quite optimistic person. I'm quite positive. So um, no, I don't I don't tend to focus on that. I, I know deep down, you know, I don't, I don't delve too deep into feelings and, and think too much about that. I try and try and uh, you know they're obviously there. So um, I'm sure there'll be elements that actually is is going to be difficult at times. But um, no, there's, there's no major sort of standout worries where I'm thinking, oh God, you know, the, I guess the financial aspect that, that Christine kind of touched on, you know, it's a big change. Um, time, getting that balance right, possibly yeah. between having enough family time and enough 
focus on on what you what you're doing and what what the future is. And you know, we're all I guess I'm like all rugby players. You know, I'm quite motivated. I want to be successful. But, um, and you know, it takes time and hard work and effort to achieve that. So I think getting that balance right um, will be an interesting one. Some surprise opportunities, maybe. Master Chef, anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> I can't go. <laughs> uh, that's what they want. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, those kind of things, I mean, joking aside, those kind of things can come out of the blue, can't they? That was out of the blue. That was that was on a whim and it, it just happened. And, and I loved doing it, but it was uh, that certainly wasn't part of the plan. Um, Did you win? Yeah. No, I finally, think I you were, yeah, finally. Um, I, I was when I did it a decade ago. I was out. I was the very first one out. <laughs> it was terrible, yeah, terrible. Tell you what, so you've, so you've got the camera oh. six inches off your face and you try to chop an onion. You, Tom, don't, you don't know what that pressure is. I mean, this could be a whole new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Master Chef experiences. We could we could host that together, Chris. That'd be good. Yeah, no, a friend of mine actually uh, called Alex Shaw and Cliffy knows. He he gave me a really good thing, which is like you've got so much time now to plan what you want to do and actually write down what you're going to do each year and try and do it um, so I've done some cool things actually like just uh, so I think what I did last year I, I took my dad to the FA Cup final um, I went swimming with my daughter in a, in a waterfall because it was on the list like random stuff but as a player you've never had time to do that so just, just that's a great that's a great tip but yeah, I mean that, doesn't that, you don't have to be retired you don't have to be a retired player to do that that's a good tip for any of us I would suggest yeah it just gives you some targets to do and make some big some small and, uh, and try and tick some up good stuff um, thank you very much both of you for joining us on this podcast uh, as always in each episode of Swimming with Sharks we get to one of the current uh, Sharks uh, squad a little better uh, so here's uh, this week's I'm Robert Dupree, Cell Sharks Fly Centre. Today we've got Sam James uh, to find out a bit more about him. Hi, I'm me, Sam James. <laughs> All right, um, what is your first memory of playing rugby? Uh, first memory of playing rugby is down at Manchester Rugby Club. Uh, my dad taking me down when I was about four years old, um, playing with a year or two above. Did you win? It was just all about fun, 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 fun. Oh, and participation and all that, okay. Yeah. Decent. I got a medal for it. Okay. Uh, did you always want to be a professional rugby player? Uh, probably not, no. There was probably a, a time where I didn't think I was going to make it and probably went down an even more lucrative uh, occupation of trying to be a vet, um, but quickly learned that that was not an option. Yeah, Sam's got two dogs and loves all animals. Um, your biggest childhood influence? Biggest childhood influence? My dad. Um, Neil. Yeah, grew up watching him uh, play rugby for Manchester. Um, wanted to kind of be him one day luckily I've gone one step above him now um, I'm fortunate for you Neil hopefully you keep your hair though yeah well, definitely <laughs> <laughs> um, best piece of advice you've ever had best piece of advice just enjoy it um, don't take things too seriously um, obviously if you've done your preparation you should be able to go out there and just enjoy it and um, make the most of every moment um, career highlight career highlight um, probably my first try at home against Northampton, um, chip and chase, lovely um, draw and give by Beaumont, created the space for me. Um, I've got zero footwork, so uh, I had to chip and chase. Cool, so nothing to do with the team, just selfishly your Personal, okay. yeah. Cool. Is that what you asked, is it not? A career high, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, any superstitions? Yeah, loads. <laughs> do you actually? Uh, yeah, I salute at magpies, if there's a magpie, I can't walk <laughs> on three grids. Uh, I've got a weird one actually that if I see a bird of prey anywhere near a, like a game, I think it's good luck. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all right with some of them. Like I can walk under ladders. Um, I chase the neighborhood black cat. Just don't like him. Get rid of him. Best thing about being a shark? Literally sail shark or as in a shark? Sail shark. Um, probably the group of players we've got here. Um, great group of lads. Uh, fun to be around. It makes coming in every day enjoyable um, to spend time with people like you, Robert. Thank you. I'll never get an invite to his house, so he's lying. You have? You came around a fancy dress party. I dressed up as... Um, you had a barbecue this weekend. No, I didn't have a barbecue. Oh. I didn't have a, My mum and dad had a barbecue. Oh. Thanks, Neil. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Any hobbies outside the game? Yeah, loads. Um, I'm into my gardening, so I'm growing my own vegetables as I do every year at the moment. So I've got a, quite a spread of vegetables being now planted into the allotment. They've gone from seedlings, obviously, in the house to the allotment. Um, take care of my chickens. I love my dogs. Um, and I occasionally rollerblade. Pretty na pretty gnarly. Uh, can you tell us about your bees? That was also a hobby then. Bees? Um, the beekeeping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I kept a load of bees, but they... Um, I don't know where they went actually. Sadly passed away. Yeah, I think it was like a, what's it called, a squatters sort of thing. They, they couldn't move out or anything like that, so then they just stayed in there too long and, you know, disease and stuff like that. But terrible, terrible moment. Uh, any unusual talents? I've got one, but I don't think it's PG. It involves a ping pong ball. Uh, talents, <laughs> I've got a dip in my chest so I can eat cereal out of it. Yep. Um, give me any number, I can multiply it. Together, I'm like Rain Man. Uh -huh. um, 23 times 24, please. Just a second. I just need to get my calculator. Um, and no, 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 no real hidden talents. I'm a great dancer. That's about it. That's a lie. I've seen Sam. Um, Sam does have lots of talents, probably the most natural human being I've ever met. Um, tell us about something we don't know about you. Something you don't know about me. I'm trying to think about how weird I should go. I think I should go. Proper, you can go very dark. Proper, proper bog standard. I don't know. We know about your concave chest. Yeah, concave chest. Yeah. Nothing really. Pretty much foods. I can't think on the spot of anything that no one would know. I think I'm a pretty open guy. Everyone knows everything about me, to be honest with you. Um. You like traveling to weird and wonderful places. Yeah, I, try, I, I tell you what, not many people know that I genuinely have like a an animal checklist of animals I want to see in sort of order of what I want to see them in, if that makes sense. So, like, so what happens if you see one that's not in the right order? Do you un unsee it? Well, hopefully, uh, well, it's going to be place specific. So as in, I'm not going to see a grizzly bear walking down uh, Wilms or Harris Street, um, but yeah, that's a weird fact about me. I love my animals, you know. Save the planet. Uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next month with another episode. In the meantime, to find out more about the club or let us know what you want to hear on this pod, you can find Sail Sharks on Instagram or Twitter.